0: Hello and welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. And we are here to talk specifically about that glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture and why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential. And we're also discussing a lot of practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. And so my name is Pastor Matt and I'm here with Pastor Cliff. And back for a second appearance mm-hmm. is uh, the professor two. of youth ministry over at William Jessup, uh, Fritz Moga. Fritz some more. Moga. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke that you only get if you listen to a previous episode. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So what was great is uh, Fritz was here before, and we were talking through different ways and levels of involvement that parents can have in partnering with the youth youth ministry. And it was really great because we were talking through those different levels from an informal and unofficial all the way through to being upfront and visible and deeply involved. And uh, and we were talking about how important it is for you as parents to be involved and to not just hand over ministry to the youth pastor and the youth leaders. There are other adults that are going to end up being uh, deeply in- informative and transformational to your kids, but you are still a parent that can be very involved. And so, so we were talking about different ways that that's happened for us in the past, and, uh, and Fritz, do you have any do you have any people again that come to your mind that are just
1: examples of that stories? a, a lot uh, so many but what one of the, made me think of um, the advantage that parents have when they decide if they end up at that upfront invisible or even or if they go on a trip to cook or whatever they get to experience their teens world in a way that most parents don't. We know that there are kids and they act one way at home, maybe a different way at school, probably a third way on a sports team. And when they go to camp, it's, all, it's game on. Like it's a whole different thing. And so these parents all of a sudden are hanging out and their kids are either being super fun and crazy and they don't see that at home all the time. Or often I've had parents say, wow, my kid's really a leader. Like they, they weren't leading when they were cleaning their room, but look <laughs> at them among their peers. Yeah. So I recruited, um, in fact, one of my downfalls was I recruited people my age a lot. And as I got older, because I was doing youth ministry in my 40s, and as I got older then, a lot of my my leaders were 40s. And, yeah. and we had our kids, and we started with our kids in junior high and watched them come up to high school. And so I probably had uh, eight to 10 couples that served with me off and on for anywhere from five to 10, 11 years.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And
1: and they got to know each other. They got to share the same time frame of life experience. So their kids going through puberty to their kids got their first date, got the first broken heart to go into the prom, to learn and to drive, to flunk in the driving test, to, you know, experimenting with pot, whatever it is. And they got to be there with one another. And we became kind of our own little um, internal support team as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So I had tons of parents that did that and did it for a long time. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, after uh, our last episode, Cliff and Fritz and I were talking a little bit about that, about how if you had the time, we would just (laughs) spend the time to go through and and just say thank you to all the different adults, not only in our churches and in our ministries, but that have been a part of the ministry alongside of their students and their church and yeah. uh, and the difference that makes. And so maybe some of you that are listening uh, and you're kind of just navigating parenting your youth, maybe maybe the Lord's actually pushing mm-hmm. and prompting you on one of those different levels that uh, Fritz was talking about um, in our last episode. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, just go back and, and take a listen. It will only take um, a mere drive probably to Target and back, although I don't know how far Target is from your house. Target's too close to my Costco's house. Costco's <laughs> tends to be around 25 minutes from every part. From everybody's house. Yeah. Well, so let's say well, Costco. What if you live right next to Costco, um,
2: then traffic is so bad and finding a parking spot which is so bad that mm. it takes about 25 minutes.
0: <laughs> now, of course, we location. live in all live in Sacramento, and uh, anybody yeah. that ever listens to this
1: in an actual busy city is going to be like, ah, you have no idea, you have no idea. So, well, I, w- I would say this. I'd say I'd say you're thinking maybe parents might be uh, either thinking or perhaps inspired. I think parents you should all expect to be involved in some way. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean just because in the you know when your kid was little you kind of were forced into service in children's ministry like they take everyone and they try and use everyone, it doesn't mean you automatically graduate to junior high uh, to youth ministry, but with all those other levels we talked about, you should expect to have a place in this ministry somehow. I think that's pretty powerful to consider it that way. Absolutely. So. I
0: yeah that's really good. So um, we were kind of just going to do a little bit of roundtabling in here for this episode to talk about um, a couple different pieces that we feel might be valuable for you as parents to hear. So in a sense, you're getting a chance to kind of sit in on a room with mm. three different youth pastors from three different kind of stages of youth ministry to kind of talk about um, different aspects of not only uh, like parenting, but to talk about like what we've watched with your students. And so one of the things we thought we would talk about first is – Kind of, what are some of the most impactful and transformative events and trips that we've seen happening with students, and why we think those are valuable for you to be aware of mm. um, as parents? Because sometimes it just means kind of, kind of knowing. So, does anyone want to take the lead on that? Does a certain?
1: Yeah, trip... I'll start with uh, the first trip with your sixth grader, right? It's their first time. Like, I, I, one, one girl. It was her first trip. She, she hadn't really left home at all. She was super nervous about it, and I will say her bag went to camp. She did not make it. She got on the bus, she got back off the bus. (laughs) A parent came and picked her up and she went home. She couldn't quite pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. But what an impactful time that we, the three of us get to experience, and other youth leaders, when their kid is going away with another group of, of, of people their age for the first time. yeah. And I remember I was going to send my daughter, this, this is for a youth pastor note here, I was going to send my daughter with another church to a camp and she was young and the youth leader was running around like crazy when we arrived. And I thought, I'm not letting my kid go with them. And then they settled down, they quit playing, they came over and said, hey, let's have a parent meeting. They were very professional. I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. Yeah, but that first trip is super impactful, and how how those kids respond to that. Do you remember those trips with those little sixth graders?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and my and my oldest son just he's in sixth grade, mm. and he just went on their first trip to Point Bonita. And uh, what's that? Or what it's that? the it's the um, fortress over in the Bay Area okay. that they they stay overnight at it mm. and oh, wow. do the whole stuff. And I remember I didn't get to go, but I know that like that was a big deal for kind of the first time being away. And mm-hmm. same thing, he went to Hume Lake. As a fourth grader, and Mm -hmm. that whole first time um, doing that, but but something different happens when they go as a team because of that social dynamic Mm -hmm. that's going on. And then, especially with how involved you are as parents, sometimes we're we're skeptical, we're fearful of how they're going to do, how they're going to do socially with friends, how they're going to do with like the thing of you're (laughs) thinking, you're you're remembering how many times you have to remind them to do things at (laughs) night or in the morning to get ready, and you're like, I I'm embarrassed to put them into the (laughs) the lives of other adults because they're going to be like, ah, but, but it's, it's really powerful. One story that comes to my mind is I remember um, my first church up in El Dorado Hills that I was officially a pastor at. There was a a seventh grader named Alex that went with us to Hume. And I remember Hume always had the memory verses where you would memorize memory verses for for points. points. And, and the one thing the parents had told me was, Alex can't do that because he's got ADHD. He can't. So don't please don't try to force it. He'll just make him have a freak out. And I and I was like, you know, and I and I loved the parents and the and the student. And I went, hey, you know, I I totally value and respect that. I said, "I, I believe God does some more unique things when they're out of their normal routine and they're out of their normal context. And sometimes you watch God take them past even mere biological things. And so I just said that going, Hey, we're not gonna force anything. But in my mind, I'm going, we're gonna see.
1: Yeah. You and bet. and I remember on the trip. It's for points.
0: He ended up doing like the long, the set long of passages. Wow. wow. Like like he like it was like almost like a chapter mm-hmm. of the Bible. And he memorized it and he focused on it. And and I remember telling the parent when we came back, I, I pulled them aside and I was like, Hey, just so you know, Alex did this. Mm-hmm. And I said, And that's just that evidence that when it has to do with the Lord and when the Spirit's present, some really cool, powerful stuff happens.
1: You know, I what, Do you remember, uh, sorry, Cliff, Matt, do you remember, do you remember carrying your first baby out of the hospital? Yes. Actually in the wheelchair because they have to, you can't really carry him. I didn't carry the wheelchair, but yes. Right, right, yeah, you bring him out. (laughs) So never when you're getting in the car with that first child, do you think, we got to prepare this kid to leave. Yeah. Like that's our whole goal is prepare this child so they can leave our house. Like we don't, we don't want to think about that, but that is the reality. And so I think that that we provide um, a good, challenging, and yet safe place to be able to send a kid away on their first trip.
2: Yeah, definitely. And kind of just kind of talking about this this idea of, of camps, I want to talk about a different aspect of a camp is when they come home. Um, I think we can, I can tell you, uh, a bunch of different camp experiences. Last, last year at Hume, we had about 50 kids get baptized between Mm. high school and middle school. Uh, Like, I don't know what it is about camps that just, mm -hmm. these kids just go all after it. It's so great. Um, but what I realized, um, you know, almost two years of being, being the youth pastor here at Bridgeway, um, is taking advantage of the hype and I'm Mm. using my, my, my fingers to put it air quotes, air quotes right here. Um, taking advantage of the hype of a camp. And um, just as important it is for us as youth ministry to take advantage of that, but also as parents, when you have a kid coming home from camp that has had a very um, intense encounter with the Lord, like you've got to be able to cultivate that. And one of the best ways how you do that is creating a safe space for that teenager to talk about it. Now, almost every camp that I've been in charge of, I always address the students and I say, Hey, Hey, Figure out what you're going to answer to the question of how was it? Mm-hmm. Because uh, good, yeah, you're gonna say, <laughs> "Oh, it's fine. I hung out with my friends. Yay!" You know, like, and as parents, we hate that response. We don't like that. It's the worst response ever. But if we if we um, push pack past that first response and then continue to ask them, okay, how how what really happened? How did you encounter the Lord? At camp like what did he say to you what did your leader say to you all that stuff that's where you take advantage of that and then that's why you help them okay my my son or daughter learned this at camp so I'm gonna help them and they're processing you know two three four five weeks out out from camp that that is still something that the Lord has put on their heart yeah um and just as again coming from a youth pastor perspective like it would be super helpful for your teen to come home to someone who's continuously pushing them to grow in the way that Lord's called them to.
0: Yeah. And it, and it takes a lot of pre-work yeah. to do that, we've, which we've talked about in other episodes when the Richies were here and talking about like cultivating that ability to have spiritual dialogue Yeah, because, you know, to suddenly spring it on them after they get back from Hume, they might not feel ready to share that with you. Exactly. Um, it takes but, time. But at the same time, it, it's it's very important what Cliff just said of having that space where they understand that you're giving full attention because you show and value that you care about what may have happened when they are away. Yeah, you know, because then it's more than just uh, well, we put a lot of money for you to go, mm-hmm. or hey, it was good to get you out of the house, but to go, hey, we care. That something more than you just had fun happened, and and that might mean that you can't have them come back and automatically go into the okay. Well, we have to go through your bag and get all your laundry, and then you have to do this to get your room back. At, but to you know whether you take them out to a meal or or whatsoever, that's what was always great about sometimes missions trips
1: and mm-hmm. some trips when
0: you would have almost like a sharing time. When sure. you come back, did you ever do any of those?
1: Oh, always. Yeah. One of the interesting side notes, I had so many thoughts about all the stuff you're saying. Uh, <laughs> let, let me let me just go backwards just a second and say, uh, recognize too that uh, if I believe in God, if I believe in Jesus, I also believe in a, a, a bad force, Satan, devil, whatever you want to call him. And he's not happy when our kids do this, when they have this mountaintop experience and they yeah. come home. And so I've had uh, where parents said, my kid came home and they were horrible. Right. Oh yeah. And I we think that, that, that yeah. they that the, the, the you come off that mountain, it was an amazing experience, and you're you just become a wreck for whatever reason. And and I believe that Satan can can impact that and say no no no, it wasn't real, it wasn't good, it wasn't yeah. right, whatever. And so I think uh, training parents or helping parents understand that there's this sudden jolt back into reality and for some kids they don't they don't want to be home yet and so they can become kind of inward or negative and, and kind of helping walk them through that process too. Yeah. they're know.
0: having their own like almost cross-cultural re-entry yeah into their yes. into their yeah. own lives big, so and which actually yeah. it, it always stinks because it happens early, nowadays it happens earlier too because the minute they're within cell reception or they get oh, their cell phones so. back they they almost default Re-engage there.
1: The worst part of him when we give their phone back. Uh, yeah. Don't give them back. So, just, so. Just leave my camp. There's these leave legality
0: there. things <laughs> and money and you know. So, but
1: uh, okay. So back to this idea of the kind of the say so. The last meeting. The the what would you call it? Um kind of encouragement circle, right? Uh-huh. One of the coolest things that happened to me on that, and this is kind of a, a parental moment, is we met every night, right, in Mexico to debrief and talk about things and make sure we were planning for the next day. And the last night we'd been doing some worship and then we were saying, just say what you want about people. And it was, one person started this and everybody jumped on it. I had my daughter who was with me who was 10 and they all noticed two things, that when we would worship, she would worship, like hands-in-the-air worship. And it was the first time she'd ever done that. So she's looking at these older teens who are worshiping going, I, I can do that. Yeah. But then they noticed, because a lot of meetings I would leave early to go put her to bed and let other leaders finish up. And they noticed that. And they watched the parent child interaction going on. Mm. It wasn't intentional on my part. And it was probably one of the biggest lessons of that trip for the teenagers. It wasn't about Mexico, it wasn't about building a house, it wasn't about evangelism, it was about watching a parent and his daughter mm. who loved each other and take care of each other. So that was really that was really a cool lesson. Yeah. Which is
0: which is why it's awesome when families can go right. on these trips together with the youth ministry. And not just missions trips. Like, I mean, Hume wouldn't be. <laughs> you can't take younger kids. But sometimes there's road trips and there's mm-hmm. other type of events and campouts that you might go to help as a parent, and you can bring your son or daughter along, and they might be younger and they might be able to help within that.
1: What, yeah. What do you feel about this? Because here's what I would tell parents: you can parent every kid, but your own. Do you understand on, on the that? Trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, you yeah. understand that? What do you What do you think about that?
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, like, like I said um, in in the previous episode, often you have to coach Mm -hmm. parents on, hey, if you're going to be here with your students, here's what I need you to do, um, because I don't want you to to step in. They need to have this as the free space, right? The freedom to to do the social things they're doing, and either have conversations with them later or reflect on it as a as a leader, a youth Mm -hmm. leader, and then talk to us so we can help you process and debrief it.
1: So I, like I had I, a number of those conversations. Yeah, I would have yeah. a parent yell at their kid, go pick up your trash off the table. Instead of saying, hey, why don't we all go back and make sure our tables are clean? Or even at the youngest stage, they'd be like, go brush your teeth. It's time for bed. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're not at home right now. <laughs> We're at camp. It's all right. Yeah. And they could even actually not brush their teeth one night. It might be all right. But yeah, what? helping them understand what? No, it. I'm well, scared. yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Um, what are some of like uh, – I know we kind of started with this, but in terms of the most impactful trips, um, mm-hmm. I, I know that for me, one of the ones that always stands out to me and it started a trend that I took with me into other ministry, which which was doing road trips. And mm-hmm. and because it's like I did the camp thing for so long that – and Hume is like one type of camp, but I meant like doing like a winter retreat or a camp. And so we started doing road trips. And I remember the first couple times I did it. Now, granted, the first times I started it, it was in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So I had an unfair advantage of we had way more awesome, epic places to go. But uh, <laughs> but it was the,
1: California. Come on.
0: <laughs> I know. And actually, California and New Zealand look very similar oh, in a good. lot of parts. But there were so many pieces where it was the stories that came on the trip. Mm-hmm. It was the conversations. It was the, you know, one of our other leaders here at Bridgeway, Brett Dans, on the very first road trip we did on this one. We had like six or seven very intense conversations with students that were either spiritually broken or or emotionally stuff was going on. And that was like our second month that I'd started at this church. Yeah. And it was like we went on this road trip and and Brett and myself and some other leaders were were listening because the kids just opened up. They just needed the space and they needed to do what they did with family, but they needed to do it away from family in that yeah. instance. And, uh, and there was parents along on that. There was still family. And so it was, and they're, they're always really powerful because of those moments. Yeah. Um, and that was where, you know, we also created the, Cliffs are very familiar with this, but we have a thing called Swamp Time. And, uh, and it's a dumb story on how we got that name. <laughs> but uh, but the Swamp Time was basically where we didn't settle with with having just casual, unorganized mm, right. social connection. Right. We, we kind of make time mm. where the students will break out for 30 minutes. And we'll pre-schedule who they're with so that and give them questions so that they have to get to know as This is students. actually on a
1: road trip, so in a vehicle or a bus? In the vehicle or, uh-huh. or at lunch or okay. wherever we're staying, right. we are staying. We would right. say, hey, after lunch, Being you get 30 minutes. Yeah. Here's
0: your five questions. Just get to know someone because you always will default to your friends. And there's other people in this group. And, uh, yeah,
2: and we've continued that tradition in the youth group doing Swamp Time, and um, you, you know we do Winter Retreat this year, every year. And Winter Retreat is my favorite camp we do all year year long because it's just it's just our ministry, and we do Swamp Time after every uh, you know meal. And what's so interesting is over the past two three years that that I've been doing it, I've seen best friends come out of that trip. Yeah, like kids who are now best friends. They have start they started becoming best friends from Winter Retreat. Or, for, or even from him, I, I can think of a couple of relationships like that, too. And again, I, I don't know what it is about camps. I mean, yeah, I do know. But <laughs> it, it's it's interesting to where you get out of your norm, out of your comfort zone, and then you finally find who you are. And that's what I feel like most of these teenagers are, are thinking is they, they want to get away from their home. Not necessarily they want to get away from you as a parent. Not necessarily. Now, some of them, who knows? But... They're getting away to be like, man, I just need to get away and see who I am when I don't have the stressors of school, of of sports, of you know, dance, of choir, of all the million other things that they're doing as a teenager um, and seeing what they are when they're just having fun. Yeah. And that's what's just so so great about
1: it. It's amazing when you talk about like things you remember. And I can remember things from camp. I remember when in the belly flop championship numerous years at hume i remember the bikes up bikes off the ramp right but road trips there are two specifically i think of that i'll never ever forget and you're you said it all it's the depth. there's something being trapped in this vehicle for you know 10 or more hours sometimes and I remember one. This is actually with college students. We drove from San Diego, so it was uh, I think eight, nine, and a half hours. We got ready to pull into Jessup. It was two thirty in the morning, and one of the one of the students said, "Do we have to pull in? Can mm. we just keep driving?" I'm thinking, what nine and a half hours wasn't enough. <laughs> and I've had that on other trips too. And so there's something and I love the intentionality about it. We tried to do some of those same things. Um, so it wasn't just wasted time. It was really useful time.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sometimes just them having the earbuds out of oh, their ear and, yeah. or not on their you phones. You have to make so AirPods, rules. Sharing, rules sharing testimonies. <laughs> sharing, uh, yeah, I know AirPods. AirPods. Still, so There you go. So
1: yeah, we're, we're moving forward with the times. There I'm just go. waiting for it to directly download into my brain. The, not yet. The other thing yeah. I was thinking about is firsts. Like how many first can if parents are hanging around their kids at a camp and so for me I, I little background I grew up with uh, alcoholic parents uh, we didn't do anywhere anything we didn't go anywhere literally never ate at a restaurant other than this one pizza place because they had beer and so I was pretty sheltered and the first camp that I was invited to they said well there's there's Honda mini bikes. There's jet skis, there's girls, wait, there's jet skis (laughs) and there's, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. and a horseback riding. And I had never done any of that. Yeah. And I got to go do that. Um, And then now we, I I skied first at a Young Life camp in Canada called Malibu. First time I ever put a pair of skis on my feet. Um, And now we get to take these kids. How many of you have had first time kids to the snow? Yeah, never been to the snow,
0: or first time on a lake like skiing, first time
1: skiing or wakeboarding or or tubing. Yeah, a first time across the border. Oh, I love it when I get to drag somebody across the border for even sometimes just out of the state. They've never been out of a state, never been on an airplane, like and we get to do that. And so parents that tend to get involved can have some of those firsts with their kids if they haven't had them already too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're gonna switch gears for the the last portion of this, and we just wanted to kind of go, what's what's kind of the best advice that if each of us were to sit and stir on this, what's the best advice that we could give to parents of teenagers? Um I know that's kind of a broad, a broad shot and super broad. You know, but um and of course all of our episodes are are aiming for this, but we're just kind of maybe focusing in as we're roundtabling mm-hmm. some of the some of the pieces here. Out of everything, get your students to these type of events that we were just talking about, these camps, these road trips, these winter camps, um, because lots of times when students are struggling spiritually, when they're struggling um, to connect with the youth group and so they don't want to go, um, even you know when you're trying to pick your battle on when to get them to go and it's whether you're trying to fight with them to come on a midweek or a weekend – versus an event get them to the event because that's where those bonds that we were just talking about happen. Yeah. And then the rest of the stuff I I believe comes a lot easier. And so uh so you know that's one 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 real urge push I would love to give you as parents that if you're ever wrestling with that yeah. that's where the money and the time is worth it.
1: Mm. Well, I'll go to an old quote. It's either Hillary Quinn Clinton or, uh, <laughs> or, a, Quentin or Quentin Tarantino or Quentin or an Af <laughs> or an African village, uh, African okay. one. Either yeah. way, but it it's takes a village, right? And so as parents, gosh, doing this thing alone is tough. And if you're a single parent, it's double tough. Like there's just not anyone else to share with. So, so who who would you be willing to partner with? Um, to open up to, to share this idea of raising your children with. And that's, in youth ministry, that's, that's, that's kind of the challenge we're taking on. We want to partner With you, we have the same goal, spiritual maturity, good life for these kids. That's what we all want. And we know that's what you want. Yeah. So can we learn to partner together? And it might not just be us. It might be professional counselors. It might be school counselors. It might be coaches, teachers, whoever. But be willing to recognize that don't do this on your own, that there's other around that can help with that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's good. That's that's super good. I, I totally agree with that. And you know my my kind of thought is we've talked about this a few different times on um, on this on this podcast, but just simply put, um, my best advice for a parent would be listen, listen to your teenager, um, because they don't have necessarily a lot of people listening to them, because even though they may think that their friends listen to them, most of the time they don't, um, and the whole reason why Instagram is such an a thing is because people put their thoughts on social media, and somebody's like has to listen to them to a certain extent. So when your your student is is has had a rough day or or uh, even a good day, um, and needs someone to talk to, don't feel the need to give them advice instantly. Just sit there and say words like. I, man, that must be tough, or I'm so sorry, or I'm proud of you, or something that, that before you get into the whole like parent mode of you should be doing this or you should be doing that. One of my least, I say this all the time to leaders is so often I see the answer to a student's problem and I want to just take them there, but that is not the best approach. The best approach is to to be with them and help them through this this time of being hurt and being in the pit, and then you help them get to the point where they get out of it. You can't take them there because there's no learning in that. And to be honest, they're just going to continue to fall back on you and be unhealthy once they move on to college and adulthood. But if you help them to process through this hurt that they are in, or maybe this good feeling that they're in in the moment, it helps them to grow and helps you as as a parent too. Yeah.
1: I, th- I think in terms of sermons, <laughs> and so, you, makes you, sense. <laughs> you just gave me two thirds of the the third that I was going to have, so I, I got the final piece. There you go, final piece. So you had listen, yeah, right? Listen, 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 and out of that, you use this other word, learn. Mm-hmm. Don't jump to things. Listen and learn. The word I was going to use, and I'm a parent, and my parents were uh, my my children were not perfect. Is love. Yeah, that's good. Over everything else. Unconditional love. When they're great, love them. Uh, When they mess up completely, love them deeply. So listen to them, learn before you act, and no matter what, unconditionally learn to love your kid. And that's the hardest piece. Look at that, the triple L. That's right. L. There. That's how that's how my sermons work. <laughs> every, yeah, every
2: great sermon has three points.
1: <laughs> and they all start with the same letter. Except a lot of the ones at Bridgeway. I think we have 13 <laughs> points. Uh, maybe 12. And,
0: uh, yeah, 12 uh, is a more biblical number. Yep, I think, I think that's good. Well, I said that yeah, before. and I think the only things I would add um, and, you know, I think the the three L's is actually the, the best foundational ground level mm. to hear. Um, and some of this is stuff that I've talked about and, and taught on before. And part of it is you know, recognize that your kids are adults. They are, they're not just, they're real um, people. Yeah. Yeah. They they are actually adults that are growing up. I know that our culture puts them at Mm. 18 is when they're, but they, they physiologically, biologically, emotionally, they're developing. So, so learn how to work with them on that. Yes. Their brains are still developing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, because of that, I think that plays into those three pieces of Mm. listening, learning and loving. Yeah is learning how to do that. And then and then I think the other big thing is uh, always focus on their heart, which is again off those same principles because as as youth pastors working with your students, the thing we're we're always trying not to do is make it all about moral and ethics management. Mm. And and sadly that tends to be and I think you guys are nodding your heads so you know what I'm yep. going to say, that tends to be what most parents come to talk to us youth pastors about is yep. when their kids are not doing something right yep. or they're doing something wrong. And and we care about that. We care about their behavior, their lifestyle, but we know that the piece that we can focus on the most is trying to look into, speak into, be vessels of influence for their heart. And that's what you can do as parents as well, is to not just make it about moral and ethic management, is to keep looking at their heart to see the change come out of that. And and that's hard. Like that's what we're saying is not easy work. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a much more in depth, a much more thorough, you have to listen more. You have to let them learn. You have to unconditionally love. So, well, and just so you guys know, we did not plan any of this and that all Mm -hmm. flowed together. So well. So, so well. So um, do you want to... Yeah
2: well, thank Take you. Us out. yeah, well, thank you for listening to another episode of Engaging Parenting. It was awesome uh, to have you here with us, Fritz, and talking about all these great ideas as far as youth pastors, kind of what it looks like. Um, if you have any questions, as always, please email us at ask at If you want us to talk about a specific topic, we'd love to. And again, as far as youth pastors are concerned, we love you guys. And we just want to support you and love you the best way we can. So stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bock and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.